One of the great mysteries that I and so many others struggle with in this increasingly secular world is why some of the baptized remain committed to their faith while others walk away from Mass, from the Church, and from Christ. We hear about this phenomenon all the time from committed Catholic parents whose children no longer believe, and all of us know plenty of friends and family that might simply describe themselves as non-practicing or former Catholics. The reason I describe this as a mystery, though, is that it is very hard to predict who will leave and who will stay. In some families, very faithful parents end up raising very secular children. In some families, the opposite is true, and seriously zealous children come from lukewarm and disconnected parents. In a great number of families, we see a mix, where different siblings take different paths toward or away from Jesus as they set out on their own. How two people from the same background can make such different choices is a mystery that cannot be easily explained. And at some point, I simply have to attribute it to the mystery of free will. At some point, each person seems simply to make a choice, a choice that ends up having long-term effects in their lives, a choice about which they and they alone will have to have a conversation with God. But just because the direction a person takes in regard to their faith is hidden behind the veil of free will does not mean we cannot try to understand, at least a little bit, some of the factors that could lead a person in one direction or another. And Jesus gives us a particularly helpful guide today. We should start, though, with a foundational principle from our first reading. In it, God says, My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. In other words, the word of God is always effective. The potency of the word is never diminished. No matter where the gospel is preached or to whom, it always carries within it all of the grace necessary to engender a life of faith and a relationship with Jesus. No one can hear the gospel without being changed by it. Of course, this means that we Christians must be very cautious to preach the true gospel and not an imitation gospel, lest we rob it of its power. The gospel is always the person and the life of Jesus Christ, nothing more and nothing less. The gospel is Jesus' nearness to us through his incarnation and his salvation of us through his cross. If we ever preach a gospel that is reduced to nothing more than social or political questions, or a stripped-down and generic moral code, or a justification for our own particular view of the world, then what we are preaching will be counterproductive. We will salt the earth rather than seed it. Now, Understanding that the true gospel of Jesus Christ is always potent and effective wherever it is preached, the Lord in the gospel today helps us understand how the gospel could possibly be ignored or abandoned by a person who has heard it, a temptation that all of us continue to face, even if we are sitting here today. Jesus starts with this. 
The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it. And the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. Much of the time, this happens because the gospel being preached is a false or incomplete gospel, as I just discussed. But the Lord here assumes that the seed being sown is good seed. So he must instead be talking about an attitude that would immediately reject even good seed. In my experience as an evangelist and now as a priest, I see this attitude in two types of people. The first type has been hardened against Christianity in general, either by the bad example of Christians or by lies told by people hostile to Christianity. Often, bad examples and lies go hand in hand, since, for example, the lie that Christianity is anti-science could not take root without some Christians very publicly rejecting good science. Once someone has internalized these examples or believed these lies, once someone has decided that Christianity is evil or stupid, their heart is not capable of receiving the message of the gospel because they already believe they know what that message is and they have already rejected it. Unfortunately, what they rejected was a false gospel and now they can no longer hear the true gospel when it is preached. The second type of person I have experienced who immediately rejects the gospel is someone who has made a particular political or social issue the center of their life and beliefs. If someone, for example, has decided that abortion access is the most important issue in the world, that person is not going to listen to anything associated with an organization as anti-abortion as the Catholic Church, which, from their perspective, is an understandable position to take. Unfortunately, because such a person has placed a political question at the center of their lives, they are now completely closed to the question of salvation. This hard-heartedness, this hard-heartedness, will afflict any of us who seek first the kingdom of men or the kingdom of politics rather than the kingdom of God. Jesus then gives us a second barrier to accepting the gospel. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy. But he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. I have sadly seen this many, many times in and outside of the Catholic Church. A person faces a crisis, maybe a family or relational crisis where they need comfort, maybe an existential crisis where they are looking for meaning, and they have come upon Jesus and Christianity. Suddenly, they have the answers they were looking for, and their life has fallen back into place in a powerful way. They have an expansive, overwhelming joy and excitement in their heart. They engage with worship and reading. And then, the good feelings dissipate, usually because the immediate crisis has passed, so Christianity does not seem as powerful or important as it once did. And then this person falls away from the faith because they are not getting the constant stream of good and joyous feelings they once did. My brothers and sisters in Christ, this is why it is so important that we not evaluate the quality of our faith or our relationship with God based on our immediate feelings. Our feelings are fickle and they can often lie to us. 
Even though we all prefer feeling good to feeling bad, we need to find deeper reasons for following Jesus or coming to Mass than our feelings, lest the seed of the Word never take root in us. Jesus then gives us this final category. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the Word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the Word and it bears no fruit. I would wager that this is the one that most of us here struggle with most of the time. It is so easy to become overwhelmed by the demands of work, of family, of life in general. So many of us want to do better with our faith, but feel too squeezed to do anything about that. And some of us let that squeeze take hold, and we eventually fall away from the faith altogether. In non-pandemic times, when it is possible, this is why weekly mass attendance is so critical, because it ensures that the plant of faith can escape the thorns for at least one hour each week. Without that hour, the thorns will always win the day, and for so many people, the thorns already have. My friends, last week I said that we Christians have one and only one responsibility— to try to grow closer to God every day, and that if we do that, the Spirit of God dwelling in us would take care of the rest. This is still absolutely true, and one of the things that we can do to grow closer to God every day is to try to till and cultivate the soil of our souls and the souls of those around us. How can we do this? By being holy and faithful followers of Jesus— so that no one closes their heart to Christianity due to a bad example. By being open-hearted seekers of the Lord, wherever he may be found, so that others also learn to seek Jesus with an open heart. By being courageous followers of Jesus who follow him in the good times and the bad, so that no one is tempted to fall away because of the rocky road of emotion or situation and by being devoted followers of Jesus, who continually strive to remove the thorns that threaten to choke out our faith, so that no one else is tempted to give up and let their own thorns grow wild. My friends, if we try our best every day to till our soil and to make room for the Lord, we will see him bear fruit in us, thirty, sixty, and one hundredfold.